Welcome, 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 one and all, dear listeners. Uh, once again, we've rung the bell, pressed the button, answered the big red bat phone that's sitting on Commissioner Gordon's desk, and convened the momentous meeting of psychic states of consciousness to delve into the electric shadows that dance in the caverns of this collective dream we call existence. Or I could just say we're going to waffle on about movies and all things related. Anyway, today I am joined by two colleagues on this auspicious occasion. Damien Peromka. Hello. Conductor of the Electric Light. And no, it's not Jeff Lin. He's the man's man from Hong Kong. The surfer of the zeitgeist wave, a.k.a. he <laughs> who communes with carnivorous plants. Hey. Please don't stick your triffids on me. Damo, good day. How are you, Jared? Yeah, I, I'm very well, thanks. <laughs> I love that intro. Oh, yeah. I worked on that for a Yeah, good. I yeah. like that. <laughs> Tatiana Clancy. Oh, my, mine's far less exciting. I was going to <laughs> be broad, I, broadcaster and musicologist. Oh, that is cool. Can I just say, I feel like that Simpsons episode with mm. Malibu Stacey, where they do a new and improved Malibu Stacey, and all they do is in, in, like add a hat. <laughs> and I feel like that's what I'm adding to the show today. Like, all you've done, you've just put a, a few plants on the set, <laughs> yep, yep. a lick of paint, yep. a new hat, I've, and that's that's my addition to the Excellent. To the I've dressed it. I've dressed it up. <laughs> Radio soothsayer of the collapsing new building. <gasps> That's an Einstein's end and Neubarten joke, everybody. Know. And if Very you don't cool. know who they are, then get thee to a musicologist and take two tabula rasas and I'll talk to you in the morning. <laughs> Great to have you all here. Thanks so uh, today, Tenet. I think I think that is the it's the backwards elephant in the room. And uh, I understand not all of us have seen Tenet. Well, no, because I've been reading some shit about it. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting film because uh, it seems that I, I have friends that say it's a work of genius. Oh. And, uh, Who are these friends? Where do yeah, they live? Yeah, well, they've, they've got no credibility now. But <laughs> I have to say I did not enjoy it. Now, I do worship at the altar of Christopher Nolan. I, I do find his films a bit of an uh, intellectual exercise more than they are an emotional trip or anything kind of engaging on that sort of squishy feelings level, but I don't buy that this is anywhere near. I think this is possibly the bottom of the rung for his films. Like wow. I, I enjoyed The Prestige, the film he did about the two warring magicians with Hugh Jackman and, and Christian Bale. I thought that was an interesting idea and it had a lot of guts to it and it had emotion and it was interesting and the, the tricksy plotting and the tricksy structure worked in favour of an emotional story with characters you were actually engaged by. Mm -hmm. Whereas Tenet is just all about the structure and it doesn't really give a flying fuck about the characters. Even though John David Washington is, is as, you know, he's as charismatic as his dad. He's a very good actor. I don't know. I felt like he was pushing a rock up a hill in this film. Like his, his character is literally called the protagonist. <laughs> Yeah, doesn't, doesn't. I went. I attended under duress, and it was just one of those things where you know under it was duress. the only under duress. Well, it, it is, and it's the only film that was out that was mm. new that was you know you know in in these crazy COVID times, it is nice to go. To it's a been cinema. hyped to shit too. So. It has, yeah. it has, yeah. and look, and I and I'm yeah, I'm very very you know new to Christopher Nolan. Really, I haven't seen a lot of his stuff, but mm. uh, all I've heard since is that it, like the name itself, it's a palindrome. And that's that's the only thing that has made any sort of sense coming out of it. Uh, but no, I I was completely the movie's a palindrome. Yes, the title, the title, and, and the and the and the plot essentially. The plot. He should have called it Abba the movie. <laughs> Maybe I watched that recently. <laughs> it's not good. No. Oh no. <laughs> 
I did not really enjoy The Dark Knight. I didn't enjoy. I loved Batman Begins because I loved the idea of, at that time, quite an original idea of showing the origins of his origins right back to how he actually begins as Batman, and it was treated with a lot of uh, realism and sort of plausibility. And I thought, oh, what, so clever. Dark Knight, I found quite empty. I mean, for me, what makes me engage with the film is the characters and the emotion. Mm-hmm. And if it's not really there, I kind of just sit back and then it's, it feels a little empty and dry. Am I right in, in assuming, though, with that, that it's you, you, you need to see it on the big screen? Is it big yeah. screen worthy? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It, it, the scale of it is pretty much the only thing so that really impressed me. a real plane? Yeah. Yeah, that's a real 747. They oh wow, I didn't they know that. Crashed into the hangar. I mean, you're sitting there going, "Wow," because you Chris Nolan never uses CGI. If he does, it's just to hide stuff, like to get mm. rid of wires or a, a, a telegraph pole or something. He he would never do it fake. So famously in Dark Knight with Heath Ledger, you know, he flips that semi trailer, and they did all that for real. I've seen Memento, which I liked. Blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. and then it started that whole backwards thing because that yeah. Gaspar No made irreversible. <laughs> yeah, uh, but same sort of device, you know. Mm-hmm. Tell the story backwards, and have you seen Memento? No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Worth a look. There are glaring uh, emissions in my film knowledge. To be you honest, can't, you can't oh, see everything. It's told. fine. Yeah, that's true. That's true. What you can? You I've can. Do you know what I've been doing? <laughs> I've been Shaking. going down a, a John Cusack rabbit hole again oh, because I was okay. such oh, a fan right. when I was growing up, and a friend of mine made oh, me watch hot tub, t- hot tub Time Machine <laughs> because I hadn't seen it, and it just was. It was beautifully awful. It is. It is. Uh, but you remember, do you remember sequel. like Better Off Dead and the Shore mm. thing? Mm. And mm. yeah, Say Anything. So many good ones. Yes. Mm. I loved Con Air. I kind of did too. I really enjoyed it. Come on. John Malkovich saying anybody moves and the bunny gets it. I mean, yeah, that was on. pretty cool. That's that a great cool. But John Cusack's also in Gross Point Blank, which is one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. That's good yeah. too. That's yeah. a um, good soundtrack. That's, that's a brilliant film, mm. I think, Gross Point Blank. It's really sharp. Smart. It's, it's clever. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoyable. An awesome soundtrack. But Tenant, is it long too, Jared? Is it breaking my long rule? Fairly so it's 150 yes. minutes. Oh, for fuck's Ooh. sake. Yeah, yeah, it was a little brutal. Yeah. <laughs> I when like I saw your, that going I like in, I thought, oh, outrage. God. Yeah. Mm. It, it, yeah. I don't know. There's something. It was so fascinating to me that I was watching such a huge expensive film it was Who it's his most it expensive Warner, Warner Brothers uh, it is Warner Brothers okay. and they they Warner Brothers are an interesting studio because they they like to have relationships with filmmakers Clint Eastwood is one of them so yeah. all his films or most of them are with Warner Brothers Kubrick was another one but see I liked Dun- Dunkirk so he has like I don't oh, like all of his yeah. stuff look, look Dunkirk was um like a supremely brilliant film it's based in fact and, and it was like a restaging of real life events mm. and i don't it wasn't it's prone the one that to plays with the, the time yeah so He's, one's yeah over the course of days one's over the course of yeah the the planes in the air are over the course of an hour the um i think it's the on the beach is over the course of a week and then i, I found that structure really really compelling it was like how is he gonna mm. it was good well, remember the first shot of memento is a Reverse shot of a cartridge rolling into a gun. So mm. he's been fascinated with the whole idea. Like he's consistent, but it's mm. just I think the nerdiness kind of got the better of uh, audiences. It's nowhere near Terrible. as great as the five star gem 
Uncut Gems. Oh, for fuck's sake, Joe. Oh. You and this goddamn movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. I, I, I sense this is a recurring theme, don't it you? Is, yeah. yeah, okay. It's a, it's a masterpiece. I, I was going to walk out last time we brought it up. Oh. Okay, all right. It's gold. It's gold. It's, it's shit. One of it's the great shit. films. Um, so the other, I actually saw, uh, I've seen a couple of films in the cinema, which yep. has been an interesting experience. With the, Isolated the, cinema. Oh, that's like Self my dream. I saw the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back the other uh, night. Really? Yes. What, what, what was, was it like? It was amazing. And was it, it's 4K, right? So it's like, uh, it's really clear. It's a digital and digital screen. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, you could still see the strings, but it was great, <laughs> you know? Like with the but is it, is it, it's not, is it the special edition? They are. It'd be the Lucas. Are they? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I don't know the, the, what was special. So the special about edition, it. basically, in the, in the late 90s, it was 97 they were released, I think. Yep. And George Lucas went back and tinkered with them and added all the computer effects and, right. and, and creatures and stuff. Okay. Because I hadn't seen it for literally 35 years. So mm. yeah, it's the it only one of the, wow. the series that I've not seen it since. Oh, wow. So I need to go. Yeah, it's on this week. No, it's Bill it's and Ted good. you went and saw, isn't it? Is it? Uh, yes, I saw that too. So I went and saw Unhinged with Rusty Crow. I haven't seen him play Psycho Angry since Rumpelstock. Oh, Rumpelstock, of course. That was I a fantastic film. I don't film, think he's it? really played an, an, like such a, an awful, brutal character like that since. Uh, it establishes with a rather shocking act at the beginning that he's he doesn't truck any kind of bullshit. He's a, you know awful human being. So that's established at the outset. He doesn't even speak a word of dialogue. And then it's focusing on uh, this woman and her kid and her brother and just them getting ready for their day having breakfast she goes into traffic and you're like mm, something's going to happen and you see rusty in his car and his ute and they she ends up cutting him off in traffic and it's it's the most benign act of sort of traffic violation and then he decides all right that's that's it and so then what proceeds is he basically murders pretty much everybody that's close to her it is ludicrous, but I have to say I enjoyed it. It was kind of fun because it knew how trashy it was. If anyone's seen promos for it, you can tell he's having a lot of fun with it. You say there is a catalyst at the heart of the cinema experience, a social contract, a binding dynamic power that lifts the cinematic experience into a realm of intimate connection between the audience and the screen and the stars in the heavens beyond. They say, but who are they? Some conceited, pretentious fuckwads who try to piss in your pocket and tell you it's raining. Well, fuck that shit. Musicians transitioning to acting, or actors transitioning to music, mm. and usually it's very rare. I for point them. you to Stefan Dennis. I mean, he wasn't. You know, people. <laughs> You know, people talked about, you know, your Blakely twins and your and your Kylie Minogue and Jason Dillon. Stefan Dennis had a very great single. I'm was, kidding. I don't can't no, remember yeah, what it was called. I was about, to, was say, really I was about to ask what the name of the single really was. You told me I looked like him on Facebook. <laughs> I'm just going to point that out. <laughs> if you could see my face. Yeah. Mm. It wasn't impressed. Oh. One career is established first mm. and then they dabble. Keanu Reeves was Dogstar mm -hmm. and he had his own and a couple of other bands that he played with. Mm -hmm. You get the dabblers, but then you'll get people like the Jeremy Renners. Now, baby, let's run. You're Jennifer Lopez. The way that an actor or a musician becomes kind of fixed in people's, in the public consciousness as their persona, mm. it's very hard to break that. And Russell 
establish that as an actor, as a performer, and then I guess as you know, time progressed. I think for me anyway, with him as as an an actor, it was the phone throwing. I think once you know too much about them, like, I like Gladiator. Oh yeah, look, he's terrific he's, in the Some of Us. Yeah. I think is that oh, one yeah, of some, his? Is it some of Us, yeah, Beautiful Mind. But no, Romper Stomper was my fave. See, was, but that's yeah. see, Romper Stomper just takes me to that whole David and Margaret freaking argy bargy where he didn't oh, like it yeah. and she did. Jeffrey Wright threw wine in David's face, so the director mm, in a restaurant. I oh. think that was in. Can. Oh, so that that would definitely alter your perception of a film. Sure. Uh, yeah. Well, this is after I think David. Refused oh, did, yeah. Oh. Famously, uh, did he? He said he wasn't going to rate it. Yeah, he, he refused give it to a give star, it. Yeah, which I thought was kind of dickish because it's like, dude, you're a critic. You could at least give it one. You could at least give it one. It's, which you know, is kind of where it. I'd put it. I didn't like it. Okay. But I, I liked elements of it. Yeah. So Russell Crowe transitioning to being a performer, like a singer. When you already know all this kind, it, all the dirty laundry's been aired, and mm. I think it, it corrupted it in some way. You just can't look at him performing in a music video and then project onto him. Yeah. Because, like you do with most musicians, you yeah. know, um, it's sort of, I think once that, once the magic gets interrupted, mm. you can't. Guy Pierce gave it a red hot go. But he knew oh, when, he knew when to goodness. stop. And I yeah, think he d- he did end it. Actually, it is. I've I've definitely seen it. In, you know, his album, The Bargain Bin. I do like the idea of just having a go, having a crack at it. Wasn't he still in Neighbours when he did the album, or was it just after he? Left oh it? no, I think it was. It, it was in the in the last twenty years anyway. I'm pretty oh, sure. Yeah, you should be doing it when you're in Neighbours. Yes, that's right. Exactly. Highly Again, like Stefan, capitalised on on your Paul Robinson fame, oh, right? Who was the other girl? And Holly, just get in there, Holly. Oh, Holly Valance. She was on Neighbours as well. She wasn't was. She? she was. And then there was. Oh, uh, what about? Oh, uh, I was going to say Melissa Tickouts, but she was E Street. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. E Street. Uh, yeah. Do to me what your eyes say you want to do. Do, um, do um, it. Read my that. lips. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. good. Six and, uh, years the word. Uh, I think Mr. though, Counts. if you continue singing that song, you can sing. Oh uh, no, I really can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to my my good friend Paul Kelman, who was in E Street. Um, he was in my oh. first short. And uh, you yeah. put them up on the on the YouTube's. Yes. I still haven't yes. got to them. <laughs> That's all right. You, this podcast yeah, should be called yeah, like <laughs> 50,000 degrees of separation because I don't know how we got to Holly Valance and it's really oh, great. Oh, Holly Valance. And it, well, poor Holly Valance. She ended up being an entourage, which um, I actually rewatched a couple of episodes of that in um, the past few How weeks. does that stand up? That has not aged well. Misogyny almost. dialed up to 11. Oh, massive. Oh. Big time. And you, of course, at the time, no one thought much of it. And uh, it was quite a popular show, but you watch it now, it's like, but that's the same. I'm because I'm currently revisiting Scrubs. Remember oh, Scrubs? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. No, I remember it fondly mm. from it. But uh, it's, is that not holding up? Or? Some of it's really not, mm. which is a shame because it's not that old, and I didn't. Isn't it funny how these shows are like a time capsule of your own values as well? well I think because so. you do. You look back and you think, why did I not? The thing is, you know, he has all these little fantasy moments where all it's all dreams and or you know. But there's so much sexualization of all the nurses and yeah it's really kind of like it's it's post 2000 it was yes. made so it was in the last 20 years yeah yeah it's like, gee some of it still mm. is very funny i think, great it's, I think it's, it's pretty obvious they just they just weren't as great as we are no yeah. they weren't as woke no <laughs> no but you're right like it does um i've now ensured my children will not be listening to this <laughs> 
Because <laughs> uh, I've just stated that I'm woke in there. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it woke I'm very AF. Unimpressed. That's yes, that's right. Woke AF. Yeah. Twitter yep. profile. <laughs> no. It's just, it's, it's just interesting. Yes. yes. Yeah, well, yeah. Woke yeah. Oh, look at time. I, I didn't realize there was a cog turning in Davos. Okay. Yeah. AF. AF, yeah. Mm. Automatic focus. Yeah. Auto, auto <laughs> oh, you editor, you. Well, we had that conversation about Man from Hong Kong. Yeah. Which has some appalling uh, misogynistic, sexist, racist. racist. Yeah. But it's a time capsule of uh, yeah. a shot in Australia. It was a Hong Kong Australian co-production. The first one. Yeah. yeah. And it looks terrific. And it's just this real sort of trapped and amber slice of a Sydney history where they're shooting around Paddington. They're shooting around all these old locations. Oh, cool. But it's 1970s cars and fashions and it's beautifully filmed. It's got yeah, a really, it's not, it's really it's well quite, shot. It's one of my favorite films. And it's quite funny. Lots of action. and But yeah, you do sort of have to... Put those special glasses and earmuffs on. And... That was unhinged. That was a massive digression. So um, Bill and Ted face the music. It Look, it, it does what it says on the tin. Bill, we've spent our whole life trying to unite the world. And I'm tired, dude. Ted, we have a destiny to fulfill. Whoa. Whoa. Greetings, my excellent friends. We have a problem. Step forward. A song created by Preston Logan, performed tonight, will save reality as we know it. Oh, dude, we better write that song now. Or why can't we just go to the future when we have written it? Take it from ourselves. Except, won't that be stealing? Cheers! <laughs> How is that stealing? We're stealing it from ourselves, dude. <laughs> I never saw the first two. Yeah. Can you believe that? So, yeah, well, I don't well, know. The, the first two, they're very light and fluffy and it is like candy floss spun from nostalgia. There's just mm -hmm. nothing to it. The story is virtually non-existent. It's just this really basic plot. It's like, virtually. okay, yeah, I get it. Virt well, <laughs> it is. Or just non-existent. Well, it, it has a very light touch, but the story is is very just referencing the last two films. In fact, so how many years between drinks between the second oh, and third? Well, the first one was like eighty nine, eighty eight. Because because yeah, in, right. in the trailers I've seen, they've they've really like they seem to have really aged Keanu. Well, uh, deliberately, have they? Because he doesn't look that old. And because I saw a cameo of his in uh, Always Be My Maybe, which is mm. a very sort of soft and fluffy Netflix thing. He was fantastic in that, by yeah, the way. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought he looked a little weathered. He has shaved his stubble. And right. what is fascinating, I, I don't know if he dyes it, he probably does to get the grey out. And it, I think the stubble keeps him looking young. Mm -hmm. And if you look at pretty much every role he's done, he has the, the, the trademark John Wick stubble mm -hmm. and John Wick is uh, the, the success of those films are the reason it got made this Bill and Ted film who was screaming to make this film who was there an audience well, calling think, for this to, other than Alex Winter well Alex Winter was quite happy making documentaries um, Deep Web he's made a few documentaries but he made a doco about the dark web and about right. all the uh, Silk Road and all that that controversy and the guy that ended up getting put in prison and it's he's a great doing doco voices as, as well as he's done voices stuff. Yeah. yeah but he's a filmmaker mainly yeah. and that's what he does in the interviews they're like well you know fans come up to us in the street and say when's the next Bill and Ted film and it's like okay whatever dude I mean whatever you want to say to justify this but <laughs> because before before the the new one come out which I, I've seen I I watched mm. first one. Mm. I didn't get the bogus journey because it was just I didn't get time. But well, I got They're to the fluffy. end and went okay. Yeah, that's exactly the reaction. I did get nostalgia warmth from this one. 
maybe not bright enough to read by at night, but mm. enough to make you feel warm. Well, I'd probably, yeah, out of what 10, a lovely I'd probably give analogy. it like five. <laughs> okay. Well, I, w- I wouldn't say run out and see it in the cinema. No, right I think you can wait for that on Blu-ray or whatever. It'll be on VOD very soon, yeah. I think. But I also watched Lovecraft Country, speaking of Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams. Have you seen any of that on HBO? Um, no. I don't even know if I should disappear down this rabbit hole. <laughs> but it's basically H.P. Lovecraft, famous writer, cosmic horror, Cthulhu, mm-hmm. all that stuff was a hideous racist. Like, he was a white supremacist. It's not even overstating it. it um, some of his short stories are appallingly racist. And uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs, who created Tarzan, and John Carter of Mars, and uh, Princess of Mars, and the Basum books that he wrote with, that were really popular. He was also similarly racist. <clears throat> In fact, John Carter is a Confederate soldier. I don't know if you saw the Disney, the ill-fated Disney film. I was dragged along to that, yeah. <laughs> but uh, essentially what this is show, the conceit is it's kind of like an anthology show like Twilight Zone or something where each episode is, feels slightly different in tone and genre, but they've got the same cast and they're doing this sort of tweaking of tone and genre with every episode and it follows an all-black cast set in the Jim Crow 50s South oh. and you've got rich white people living in huge... Manners, castles, trying to open portals to other dimensions with tentacled creatures, and it's bizarre. It actually sounds fun. pretty cool. JJ Abrams is one of the producers. It's actually a lot of fun. What you um, call it again? But it is. I'll it write is. That down too. But it is. Be warned. It I'm is. loving Davo's growing list of things. Yeah, over I, I, there, what yeah. I like is sorry, I sell stuff to him. Yeah. But be warned though. It is horror with a capital H. Like there is some shocking gore in it, but. Um, it's fun, in the, and uh, one episode almost feels like an Indiana Jones film, and uh, where they're sort of underground and caves and searching for treasure. So it's all jumps around with different tones, but it's on HBO. I saw it on Binge, which is Foxtel's streaming platform. There's which, too many now. Yeah, well, this is welcome to my life, and the other one's uh, Raised by Wolves, which is uh, oh, that's another HBO. That's another HBO. Someone Ridley, else told Ridley me to Scott. watch it, but I haven't got there. <laughs> AIs raising human children on another planet. It's quite bizarre, big budget, strange. And also they've left Earth because Earth has been devastated by a religious war. And Ridley Scott takes crusades, visual cues, like the monks wear these white kind of friar tuck outfits and they worship Sol, like Sol Invictus, the the deity that a lot of the ancient Romans used to worship. Like it's like a, a monotheistic belief. But anyway... This idea that Earth's been devastated by a religious war like the Crusades, but it's science fiction and it's set in the future. And so they leave Earth and raise a colony of human kids uh, as atheists. So it's got a lot of ideas knocking about um, that I find quite fascinating. So it's, it's good, it's good to see Ridley. It's, it's good to watch. So he, he directed the first two things again. And his son directed the next two. It's Yeah, it's great. Mm. I, I really enjoyed it. But you just it's so weird. It reminds me of uh, kind of those crazy sort of sci-fi fantasy books I used to read. Like Philip K. Dick wrote, a, you know, some really fruitcakey cosmic fantasy books, um, and it's it's like that. It mm-hmm. just explores all these really strange themes, human themes, but just weird when in the context of sci-fi. But it's definitely worth watching because you just don't get to see that. So you'd never see it as a film because it's no. too weird. Yeah. But the idea of exploring the, those sort of concepts in a TV show probably makes more sense. It's got a dude from Vikings in it, Travis, Travis Fimmel. Fimmel. And uh, the, the woman... I saw your eyes light yes. up. Is he a bit cute, Dave, <laughs> or what? 
I like him. He's got serious gravitas. There's something, you know, the X factor that people talk about. He's got it. Like when he's on screen, and this was the same with Vikings until he left that show, he's so watchable on screen. He did start Talented. as a Calvin Klein model yeah. back in the day. Uh-huh. Yeah, like Marky Tarzan Mark. and Tarzan in New York. It, what, was that an ad campaign? Or? No, that was a TV series, one series. For was he Tarzan? Yeah. Didn't know that. Many, 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 Oh, many wow, I like ago. you stumping Jared. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, what probably wasn't meant to know that. But, but uh, <laughs> now I know that. I now know that. I just, I, I dig him like as a performer. I think he's got a lot of um, potential. You know, Aussie. He is an Aussie. Yeah. He was in the Danger Close and uh, in the Battle of Long Tan, and it was like had a lot of young Aussie actors set in Vietnam, and uh, it was actually a pretty terrific war film, but um, which are hard to do. But anyway, Travis Fillmore was a lead in that. So yeah, but do, doing we... Aussie and the other things, the boys. I've got a feeling that you weren't caring for that season two. I I, I struggled through season one. Oh. I don't find there's anyone to empathise with to to to, right. to carry me with them hmm. along the journey. They're all hmm. a bunch of bastards. That is true. Based on a graphic novel uh, mm-hmm. called The Boys, and it's about a kind of group of Avengers-style superheroes, but it sort of sets it in our world. And what would happen if you had people with superpowers? They would be like demigods or gods. Mm-hmm. One of them is literally like a cross between Superman and Captain America, and he is like a god. They have and, a the, the public face. Yeah, they've got a public face. They're corporatized. They, they, you know, there's a lot of money and marketing and they market, you know, the, the guy that's like the Flash, he markets shoes and it's funny and Seth Rogen uh, produces it. He wrote, I think, the first episode, but it sort of set the tone. It's got a very satirical, funny edge. It's extremely violent. In extremely, sort of because in, in one of the, new, in season two, yes, um, they grab that guy by the mouth <laughs> and, and rip his head apart. It's God. a shocker. In half. But Great. it's part of the button-pushy shock value of the show, right? I'm just right? sitting there eating my cheese and crackers, watching a nice little show, and next minute they're strewn across the fucking lounge room. But you knew what to <laughs> This guy's head is ripped in half. No warning. Well, there was a warning, but... You knew what to expect. Oh, my capers are on the floor. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry no, to hear No, you can't have wayward capers. Exactly. Yeah. Well, New Zealand's own Carl Urban is one of the leads in that. Um, and also Homelander, he's a Kiwi as well. And he was in another TV okay. show. Um, because I love the boys, but I, I kind of knew what I, It's well made. Expect. There's a lot going for it's it, fun, but I just it. don't have a character that even the lead guy that's going out with Supergirl Chick, mm. he's a douchebag. And, and, and not yeah. a likable douchebag. Do, you know, like, do you know who his parents are in real life? Mm-hmm. Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid. There's a, a long pause. <laughs> I just thought there's an interesting fact. His name's well, Jack, was... Jack Quaid. Okay. But uh, wow. yeah, he's, he does, his face looks like Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid. I thought it looked like a dirty tea towel. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well, we've established you're not a fan of the boys. I, I do I like it. I wanted to, I, but I, of, I got through yeah. about halfway through episode three. Yep. And so I'm done for a little while. That's just fun, a little antidote, I guess, to the kind of onslaught of Disney Marvel bubblegummy superhero treatment. It's like while we're talking Disney Marvel, can we just talk about Mm. Black Panther? Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, Yeah, that was a shocker. Yeah, I was quite. I was was very. very It made me very sad. Yeah, because he was great. So young too. Yeah, Yeah. and he. And that's maybe why, because we're very similar age. He and I. Yeah. Yeah, forty-three. Found it. It was weird. Actually, my mind went to Bowie. Because his exit was similarly curated. Yeah. It's like he really knew how he was going to go out. And so he was like, okay, I'm going to structure my life. Which is fascinating that people so famous can keep that on the down low. It's quite amazing, isn't it? That's the thing. But didn't he get into 
some grief, not him himself, but he was co- copying grief on Twitter because he mm. put a couple pictures out of That's himself. That's right. He was and they really were thin. Labeling yeah. him as um, druggy and all oh, these kind of yeah. things. And it's, so he deleted all these. I don't know. That's what I heard. Wow. Yeah. I bet all those people feel pretty shitty now. Yeah. As well, they yeah. should. Yeah. It's a bit of a loss because he was great. That mm. was a good film. And it's, and it's the, 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 it's Marvel, right? Mm. It's yeah. the one of those that I can stand to, to watch again and again because it's good. I think because everyone's so public in Hollywood and everyone everyone weaponizes any goddamn thing that happens to them in their lives for social media purposes or publicity and to, for someone to have it be so private and also to do really iconic roles, playing Jackie Robinson in 42, the baseballer, and um, playing uh, James Brown in Get On Up. Have mm-hmm. you seen Get On Up? No. Mick Jagger produced it um, and he's awesome as James Brown is really good and which is obviously a tall order. And then of course he did Black Panther. So all these choices and all these very deliberate um, paths that he took were all because he knew what was about to happen. It's just so conscious. He had a lot of fortitude apparently. And he was also very deeply religious. And I guess that all that sort of combined to make him a good King T'Challa. Mm. Back to the boys though. Yes. Are you up to date with it? Yeah. Well, this is the other thing. It's uh, At first I was reacting and, and punching the coffee table when I found out that they're only releasing, ep- same with Raised by Wolves, one episode a week. How dare they? Oh, that was back in the olden days. Yeah, so now I'm back to... Appointment setting television. Yeah. Gosh. Water cooler. But see, oh, Apple, Apple see TV do episode? that as well. Mm which I don't mind for some shows because I think that you can fall into the trap of binging something and not yeah. enjoying it. Yeah, it just washes over you sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah. Or it becomes, if it's really dark, it yes. can put you... Unrelenting. Yeah. yeah, and so having that week to... Mm-hmm. Process it. And, yeah. Or just to have the break, mm. step in, watch another one. It can be good. Yeah. But then there are sometimes like with uh, the, the kitty sci-fi Stranger Things. Oh, uh, yes. I want to watch that all in one go. Mm-hmm. It is, and it's interesting. Stranger Things is like all one movie. Mm. It sort of each episode begins exactly where the last one finished. So yeah, yeah, it sort of feels like you are watching like a, a six-hour film or however many episodes of Strange Things there are. But uh, yeah, I found it that was a blessing rather than a curse because now I don't have the unbelievable pressure of trying to binge watch loads of different series. I just watch one episode a week, which is probably. A have you checked out New Legends of Monkey series too? Oh, I have not. I have not. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's, on Netflix and New Legends of Monkey, right? So series one was ABC, Netflix, TVNZ kind of co-pro. Mm. This season's just Netflix. Mm. And um, Monkey is in Monkey Magic. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's, like a, it's made in New Zealand. It's kind of got a bit of a, a Xena vibe about it. and It's a it's, bit kiddie. It's a bit mm-hmm. kiddie, but it's knowingly kind of silly, but it but sort of has fun. Like 20 odd minutes each. So you can watch. I binged the series. I got halfway through and I'll leave the rest. And then went, I'm not fucking watch these. And got to the end. That might be a good thing to show the kids. Yeah. There was some, there was some great 90s after school. <gasps> but speaking of monkey, <laughs> sorry. Oh. I was um, looking at the Facebooks. Yes. Umbrella. Ah. Putting out the original monkey remastered. Wow. For Blu-ray. Oh. Including 13 episodes the ABC never aired. Wow. So Dude from the Boys was in a TV show. Dude. Anthony Starr, his name is, and he was a, he's a Kiwi guy and he was in, he plays Homelander in The Boys and he was in a TV show called Banshee back in the day, which I've never seen. And it's on, uh, it's on uh, Uncle Rupert's platform. Mm. So I started watching it and it's actually quite good. It's made by Alan Ball, who made True Blood. 
And did you ever watch? Oh, he made he wrote American Beauty. Oh, I was going to say that's where I that. think the name. Mm. Is but uh, much like True Blood, there's lots of um, lots of um, uh, slabs of peck meat and man abs and you know <laughs> w- shirtlessness. Yeah, man mountains. <laughs> lots of that sort of eye candy. <laughs> And ludicrous sex scenes and violence and gore. So what's it and, called? Um, it's called <laughs> Passion. But it's dude. You had Damo at Peck Meat. Uh, slabs of Peck Meat. That was actually a legit headline I once saw on, on a weightlifting wow, magazine. Wow, I was going to say. And I thought, that is the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. You're going to use it. Slabs of Peck Meat. And now your day has come, Jerry. <laughs> but yeah, it, I actually got, really got into it. It's like an ex-con just out of prison. He's a shady. He's kind of... You know, rough trade, stubble. It's Martin, uh, Anthony Starr from, you know, so it's Homelander with uh, sort of shaved. He's got dark hair, mm-hmm. stubble, and he's, he steals a motorbike and ends up riding across country and he suddenly ends up in this small town and has an altercation interaction with a guy who's the new sheriff who's just literally arrived and gotten out of his vehicle, walked into a bar. There's a altercation. <clears throat> the new sheriff ends up killed. They get rid of the body and then he takes on that new sheriff's identity. Yeah. And so he becomes a new sheriff, even though he's like a completely dodgy ex-crim. It does have that. You're familiar with True Blood. I've heard of it. You never watched True Blood? No, I haven't either. Oh, you probably enjoy it. You've never watched it with Alexander Skarsgård as um, a vampire. Uh, there's lots of vampires um, and uh, Anna Paquin is one of the leads. Not an Anna Paquin fan. Not an Anna Paquin fan. Alan Ball, he did Banshee. Uh, Banshee has a couple of seasons, and it's kind of a guilty pleasure. It's one of those things that's just like this is so trashy, but I really enjoy it. It's because it's genre, and it is it has like edgy violence, but it's also kind of weirdly B movie in its sort of depiction of the characters. I don't know. It's just something appealing about it. I was lured here, Jared, under the pretense that I get to play sad goth music. Yes, well, yeah. That then brings us to, <laughs> now that we've worked our way through the viewing recommendations or non-recommendations, as Damo would probably, probably uh, no, I'd it. watch it, but I just, I won't be binging it. I'm, I'll get to it eventually. Mm. There's such a pile of, it's like, if, if you're a content basking shark, which is basically what I am with my mouth open, hoping that sort of stray programs drift into my gaping maw. <laughs> You kind of get a bit frustrated at this pressure of having to watch stuff all the time, which is why being drip-fed single episodes of shows is kind of sweet, sweet relief. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh god, I don't have to try but and do, sit up. Do and you watch find the whole though, with the, with the when they drop the whole series, mm. you try to find someone. Have you seen? Have you watched? Yes. Oh yeah, you need and to And by discuss. the time you catch up that's with someone right. that's up to where you're up to, yeah, I've fucking forgot everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so again. That's, that's when the the one a week was good. When yes. you could all, yeah, like you said, the water cooler discussion. Yeah. Water cooler it's cooler nice. Discussion. Yeah, miss it. We used to God, do that all the time the after Melrose Place. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Don't you love how Heather Lockley was always a special guest star? Do you think she got paid more because she was a special Absolutely guest star? Absolutely, like, she got paid more. What was the point? Yeah. Why always a special Anyway. That's, that's an interesting, there's an interesting conversation about special guest star or with, which is usually in a film. So it'll be Or starring. introducing. Yeah. Introducing. I'm a, uh, that, that, it depends who it is, but usually that's a, a, a no name that no one's heard of. Yeah. You know, um, introducing Haley Joel Osment in the, yes. in the Sixth Sense Six or whatever. Sense, yeah. But with is usually the actor that's slumming it. Yeah. It's yeah. like starring, you know, uh, you know, Jason Statham and Scott Atkins with 
Bruce Willis. Or, yeah. yeah. You see them in those big Hollywood, like Towering Inferno, mm. all those kind of things. It's very famous for how uh, Steve McQueen and Paul Newman, they had a real rivalry going and Steve McQueen insisted that he had the same billing. And on the screen, their names uh, just slightly, slightly. They're left and right and they're just slightly one. Paul Newman's just a little bit. Oh. And so <laughs> because Steve McQueen had this imagined rivalry, Paul Newman, knowing him, he probably wouldn't have given a crap. But no. um yeah, poor he has Steve. his pasta sauce. It's fine. He had his pasta sauce. Do you know he made like I think it was three hundred million, something like that. Yeah, it's amazing. That. Just trucking along, produce, and it all went to charity. charity. Yeah. yeah, look at that. What a cool guy. <laughs> so, what's this goth music you speak of? Well, well. funny you mention <laughs> goth music. Today we're actually going to have something of a music segment. You've actually individually selected uh, key compositions. And now it's not really about the film, it's more about soundtracks that mm -hmm. had an effect on you or impact. Damo, we'll start with you um, because you've selected uh, E.T. Only it's I the... could not remember the soundtrack if you paid me. Oh. Wow. Which is sad. But... What, and so I guess this is how, this is, well, let's tackle it this way. What was the, that was the effect that E.T. had on you? Well, see, the, film the thing I remember with E.T. being the first time I saw a movie at the cinema with dad. It was a big deal because brother and sister, two young, stay at home. Mm. And what a first film mm. to, to see yeah. on, the, on the big screen. But I still remember seeing it. I, still, I can still hear the, 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 the music. But whenever that theme plays, and it doesn't matter whether it's just a, 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 a tiny little snippet, yep. it takes me right back to that, to that moment. Because we discussed this in the, in the lead up to it and I was dithering, is it this, is it going to be that? Because I could talk Bernard Herrmann, I could talk this, that. John Williams, who did this, like in, in, in a broader sense, but then I have to pick one score, mm. which was the, the, the challenge you set to us, Jared, and I had to do E.T. because that music gets me right in the feels every oh. time. It does. And then you text me going... Oh, yeah. I'll be right here. I had to select the clip and I had to listen to it. So this is uh, Flying, which is, I guess, probably the most signature, one of the most uh, iconic shots, I think, in cinema. But this is that sequence. Now, I think for the justification of fair use, we have to kind of talk over a portion of this. But, but it, it's this bit and then it'll lead into the there. Oh, Damo. I think we have look any tissues. The, look, look at me. There's goosebumps. goosebumps. Yeah, I, that it's it is um, John Williams is phenomenally like he uses though like he, he gives uh, certain instruments like he brings them to the fore and the strings definitely but there's those moments where you, that's why when you're watching a Harry Potter film and he will do the music and you're like oh that just reminded me of Indiana Jones or Star Wars. Star Wars he's like I think he's 86 he's amazing he was in the last Star Wars which I loved yeah I love that <laughs> which nice I thought was it's the first funny. time that he had a cameo in the in the Star Wars series. John Williams. Jaws. Let's not forget Jaws. I'm sorry, I'm just caught up in the music. <laughs> I'll be right here. I think he's... I do have vivid memories of seeing this film. Like, vivid. I was uh, eight. And the... Yeah, I was crying in the end credits. I was with about five or six other kids. And it was like a friend's mum took us. And... I still remember it. I still remember the, the how far from the screen I was, what row I was in. Well, when Damo was saying uh, just that lovely idea of going alone with your father away from the other kids. And yes. Like, there's something so magical and lovely about that when you're young. I remember my 
mum taking us to the cinema and my dad just showing up on a work day and he took us to All Dogs oh. Go to Heaven oh. <laughs> on the screen. And it was, you know, and I have beautiful memories of that. Like but I still remember walking out of the cinema from this and dad said, you know, you're wow. okay and blah, blah, because oh. I was in tears. And oh. I said to him, what are all these people going into the movies for? And he said, they're going to see E.T. I said, but what? I've just seen E.T. <laughs> Won't E.T. get tired having to do it again? Oh, that's, that's awesome. Bro. You're making me tear up. I know. <laughs> that's awesome. But I, I've still got my E.T. doll. He stands about this oh, wow. know, metre and a half. I think you've seen him. Oh, you, that's what right, I brought him, him in. in. And he's got a little heart light. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I could awesome, put this it? movie on and, and be riveted from the get-go and go to the end. I've seen it hundreds of times. Wow. Mm. Wow. It's really... It's you, you've heard that famous story about how it's a Christ parable comes to earth. Don't you ruin it? For it comes me. to earth. No, he uh, heals people, performs miracles, dies, resurrects, uh, goes back. And oh. Steven Spielberg said, "I don't really give a shit. I'm a Jew." So, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the clever thing when you can you, you look at it in a in a clinical kind of way, the film yeah. is quite smart in that you don't see any adults other than the mum from the from the waist up for that's a true. whole period that's like, true they're all just it's from the kids point of view mm. so mm. the kids can see mum yep. and all that kind of there's so many clever elements Spielberg's very it. clever with that you know Peter Coyote is that yep. um, the scientist yeah. the way they differentiate him is he has a key chain hanging off him and that's how you know who he is because yeah. everybody's from the waist down because um, obviously that's how a kid sees the world the second selection so you've selected from Wings of Desire yep the oh. famous Wim Wenders film. film yep yeah. Six Bells Chime by Crime yes. and a City Solution. So these guys were incredible. I actually saw them live uh, a couple of times back to back in Melbourne about, I don't know, six or seven years ago. And Simon Bonney still wears the exact same black and white striped shirt yep. and just gyrates the same <laughs> way. Um, look, if you remember this film done very badly again as City of Angels with Meg Ryan, um, it's a beautiful and Nicolas film. Nicolas Cage? Nicolas Cage, yes. I think, yeah. Yep. That's but why this, I haven't seen it. This film, you know, black and white Berlin, just amazing. And there's that, there's a scene with Nick Cave, who I'm, as you know, a massive fan of. Uh, I can't remember what song he does in this from Her to Eternity, perhaps. But when Crime and the City Solution are on stage, mm. you know, you've got the late, great Roland S. Howard, you know, just, you know, wielding his amazing guitar, you know, fag hanging out of his mouth. And it just, it just stops. Everything just stops in that moment. And he's just, it's incredible. Like, I, this song is just goth heaven. This is me at 14, just... Very self-indulgent, very emotional. Uh, you know, no one understood me. Mm. You know, that sort of stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, my problems were the worst in the world. You know, mm. all that stuff. Uh, yeah, look, this is this is pretty amazing moment. Mm. I think mm. on screen. Yeah, when you do have, I don't know. They, they must. That's a thing, right? Yeah. When famous, when when bands are in a film and they do take over, it's not just window dressing. It actually is part of the narrative. Yeah, um, that's actually quite. Yeah, the atmosphere, especially those that that scene with the camera, because Vin Vendors sort of shoots the camera floating over everybody, yeah, sort of looking st almost st straight down, and uh, oh, yeah, this bit. This is actually so good. This is audio from the movie. Actually. Yeah, so you do hear um, you hear the so clapping and the yeah, a bit of bit of German too. I think. Yeah, actually. it's amazing. But uh, yeah, and how do you pronounce? Is it Solvig or Sol Solvig Domartin, the, the actress? That I don't know. Is it Bruno Gantz, and uh, I believe, I've got a feeling she was married to the vendors because she's also in Until the End of the World. Anyway, that's another a, great soundtrack too. It's an awesome soundtrack. 
Um, Vinvenders, I was infected by Vinvenders. That sounded really weird, actually. I probably shouldn't have said it that way. <laughs> I was infected by his films. Who uh, hurt you? Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. Show me on the doll where Vinvenders <laughs> touched you. So uh, I, I was kind of... Um, Became very obsessed by his films with Paris, Texas. That was yep. the first soundtrack. Of course, Harry Dean's Dean yes, Stanton. Yes, Harry yep. Dean and just the Ry Cooter soundtrack's awesome, but then, you know, Harry Dean's famous monologue in that film and the atmosphere. But, yeah, Vin Vendors has kind of gone through a couple of stages in, in his filmmaking, but he went through that sort of English-language American film stage and... Um, An American Friend with Dennis Hopper is also really good. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've ever seen that. It's a Tom Ripley, you know, talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah. Mm. It's the same plot, same kind of idea. He's the um, opportunistic sociopath, basically, played by Dennis Hopper, and he's in Europe um, and bef- is befriended by uh, Bruno Gantz. And, and then it's, it's the same deal with, like, talented Mr. Ripley. You know, he steals identities and he pretends to be certain people and swindles people. It's, got, it's a thriller sort of drama thriller but yeah see what pops into my head while listening to this is um, this will sound like a film nerd wanker kind of comment but yes Leningrad I thought that was the name of this podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah Leningrad Cowboys Go America oh yes Aki Karasmaki oh I love those films yeah very I like the sense of humour they got good Good films no they're great Mm. but yeah Finland yeah they're Finnish yeah And um, he's got a he's got a brother, uh, Mika, who also directed. That's right. Yeah, I reviewed a film of his recently, actually, like quite recently. It's just gotten released. So yeah, th- th- one brother makes sort of more kind of um, audience accessible fare, and or like sort of mainstream mm-hmm. kind of. It's very sweet natured comedy sort of, but yeah, it was nice. It's interesting. And they're a big deal in Finland. Who they are and build a studio. And do you have this on soundtrack? Do I do. Yeah. I do. Well, I just on CD. I'd love it on vinyl because there's yeah. a beautiful German track uh, by a band called Sprung Austin Vulcan or something, and it's just oh, it just gives me chills. It's incredible. Awesome. So yeah, this soundtrack is beautiful. I have actually picked Batman, uh, 1989, because Ooh, uh, oh, the Prince. Uh, well, I had the Prince soundtrack. I used to have a circle, a circular, like a film canister, and uh, it had like a raised embossed bat symbol on top and that was the prince soundtrack mm-hmm. party man and all those tunes and uh oh, this was the danny elfman batman credits because that was the first that was the first time i heard a composer in a film and actually was really aware of it mm-hmm. and this film this particular score i think it kicked off the way that the style of scoring superhero films moving forward Oh, you've got to love a gong. I do not like Daniel Craig as Bond at all, but I like his I like How do we evict Jared from his own podcast? <laughs> yeah. Yep, there you go. I've said it. I've said it. A Bond film needs to be escapist, and I think it's at its best with like the sort of Roger Moore ludicrous, you know, the, the villain lives you, in a hole. You've made me stand up. <laughs> The villain lives in a hollowed-out volcano and people drive little vehicles with hard hats and there's like a huge base. and You want that. You Hank don't... Scorpio from The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, Hank, Hank Scorpio. Scorpio. Yeah, Albert, oh Albert Brooks. There's Bourne films already, you know. If I wanted to see, like, violent punch-ups and stuff like that, it, that you know, that focus more on the, that sort of action, I'd probably just watch a Bourne film. But I, I want Bond to be more escapist and a little more elegant, um, whereas Daniel Craig was clearly cast because he's kind of rough trade in, a, in an expensive suit. That's kind of what he, the deal he brings. But I've, I've, you know, he's better than Timothy Dalton. I quite rate Timothy Dalton. I liked Living Daylights and Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, yeah. The Living Daylights. So you're the one. Duran <laughs> <laughs> Duran, View to a Kill. There's some great. No, they're, 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 they're all right. Every, yeah. every uh, iteration of, of these films, because they, they kind of stop and then they come back and then they stop mm. and they come back. Are different and enjoyable for yes. different reasons, but I do rate Daniel Craig. I think he's probably one of the better Bonds we've had. Why? He's just good to watch. He's hot. Well, that's oh, that, I'm not there's also that. Sean I mean, Connery, a... Roger Moore. Roger Moore. I, I know they're this in the seventies, but bad suits, bad jokes, bad. Like they're just. I quite see. I like the campiness of it. I like the arched eyebrows and the, the silliness of it. I'm not. It's just don't don't insult my intelligence by treating it realistically. Well, I like I like Moonraker. That's probably the, that is a pretty terrible film. Yeah. But Moonraker is that's that's taken the ludicrous to to. Um, yeah, but know, that's the thing. How how far do we go down that road, or do, do we go? To, or do you want a combination of the two? Because you could end up with Quantum of Solace again and again and yeah. again and again and again. Quantum of Sausage was yeah. a terrible, terrible film. Mm. Casino Royale was okay. But then I think but, it w- you would think that this one, because Bond's now coming out, what, November, from what I was reading. Yeah, I actually hold out a bit of hope for the, la- the, the latest or last. going to be Daniel Craig's last one, yeah? It will be it his is, last yeah. one, yeah. Um, so I would not I would not be surprised, because you know there, there's a 007 in it who's not Bond. So Bond's retired. At least that's what they've established in the trailer. No spoilers. No, well, yeah. I, I'll give you spoilers, because I, I have seen it in my mind. And... <laughs> Uh, how it should play yeah, out. How it should play out. But the director, Kerry Fukunaga, made um, True Detective season one. He directed all of that, which I loved. Strange. Tatiana, who's your favourite Bond? I'm not a Bond fan, I'll just be honest, but I, I'm happy with Daniel Craig. I like his diamond in the rough. Yep. So two but then I liked, I liked that Jared. brief hard man Doctor Who. What was his name? Oh, Chris, uh, Chris Just before Eccleston. David? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he so, was good. Yeah, was good. so I, I kind of enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not saying they're bad movies. I just don't, don't enjoy them. That's all. Skyfall, like I said, the, oh, the I second half was just Home Alone. The first half was, um, it was just laying booby traps and at the manor. It's just, to me, Bond is, is a real confection. And as soon as you start to examine how did he feel about his parents? You're just like, no, this is not Batman. It doesn't hold up to that sort of scrutiny because there's no context. It's like every film is its own. So as soon as you see the Aston Martin mm. threw me out of the movie, I just kept thinking if that was real, he'd be 80. So how does he have an Aston Martin with an ejector seat from a film in the 60s? Don't you dare use logic. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. I'm being too bloody literal. logic again. I'm being too literal and I probably should shut up. I like the Sean Connery ones. Oh, no, Majesty's yes. Secret Service is, is, a, is a fine... Lazenby. Fine well, Diana film. Rigg died yesterday. Oh, so no. I'd like to sort of make out that we planned that. Thanks for having me. Oh, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming and, and putting up with our 
um, waffle because we <laughs> oh. do have a serious digression problem when yeah, we disappear yeah. down rabbit holes. So we yeah. do need somebody sitting here to kind of cough every now and then and say, <laughs> guys. Move on. Yeah. Go yeah. on. Yeah. On that note, we bid you adieu, dear listeners, and uh, we're going to head back down into the underground COVID bunker now. So let's try and force the rusty doors of the elevator open and uh, head back down. See you later, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 